Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host, Joey. No chill, pray now. Hello, Andrew. Good afternoon from Ohio. Good morning to Venice Beach. Thank you. How, how's everything over there in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio? Well, uh, I'm hoping I don't have COVID right now. Yeah, I heard about that. I'm sorry, buddy. You uh, yeah. you haven't been feeling well. Yeah, I've been uh, under the weather and the last three days. So, you know, the symptoms really range for COVID, and I've just been extremely tired and fatigued. Sleeping a lot, no other symptoms. So yesterday I went to an urgent care where I live and waited about, the line was about 75 minutes to get a COVID test. And yeah, I got a giant stick shoved up my nose and they twisted around. It does not feel good. Yeah. A giant, I got a giant stick shoved that basically any sentence that starts that way is not good. Yeah. So I have to wait four to six days and look, I don't think I have it, but then again, you know, I, I went there because I wanted to actually speak to a doctor and she said, look, man, you don't have a fever. Your temperature's fine. You don't have any other symptoms, but fatigue is a major symptom. So you could have it. You could not have it. Like she, right. she didn't give me much. So I got to wait here. Hopefully I'll find out earliest to Sunday, latest is beginning of next week. But if I do have it, it's going to be a major problem because it's where do I go? Right. Well, let's hope you don't have it. I know. So, sadly, my trip was canceled. I was going to supposed to visit Bilbo this weekend. Canceled. Canceled. Well, that's so a that great was- that's a great segue because that means Bilbo will have more time to work on uh, my my ongoing docu series, which uh, I dropped this morning. Two weeks to Pebble. Um, I posted it on my Twitter and I, I retweeted it on the Dirty Sports account. But for anybody who's watching right now, uh, go to my YouTube page. Go to youtube.com uh, forward slash Joe Prano and uh, subscribe because there's going to be a bunch of videos coming documenting uh, me trying to become a halfway decent golfer in under two weeks so that I don't embarrass myself at Pebble Beach. So what, check out that video. Connect- Check out that video right. on my Twitter or go to my YouTube and subscribe. What's the connection to get to Pebble Beach? Uh, Andy like, Lazarus. But what's his connection for Pebble Beach? Uh, I, I don't think it's a connection as much as uh, he had a friend. So it's a pretty long wait list yeah. um, to get on. And I, I guess he had a buddy who had a tea time for how God knows how long. And the guy couldn't take it. And he gave it up to Laz. And Laz offered me one spot in the foursome, which I gladly accepted and then regretted taking and then almost bailed on 
and the whole story of me being in and out and wanting to play and not wanting to play is in uh, the first episode of hashtag two weeks to pebble. So check gotcha. that out if you want, if you want the whole backstory. Okay. Um, but that's uh that's posted on my YouTube. So guys subscribe to my YouTube because there's about probably four or five episodes to come before I even get to pebble. Well, looks like you're staying busy. That's good. I think, I think that's a healthy outlet for you for anybody, right. To get away from kind of the craziness that we're having right now in the world. And apparently that's the thing. I mean, uh, I was just talking to Pizza Starro, a friend of the show who said uh, he was talking to the pro at his, the golf, the golf range he goes to in the mornings, the, the little public course he plays out in the Hamptons. And the guy said he's done double what he, you know, he's twice as busy as a, a normal year. So I think a lot of people are playing golf during the Corona times, these, these unprecedented times. Yeah, I just I just drove by a golf course in my neighborhood. Same thing. It, it looked pretty packed, and I think that yeah, people are using this as a uh, a time to get out and hit the links. So my goal, Andy, I don't know if I mentioned on the thing. I'm just trying to shoot a, a hundred. I'm trying to shoot hundred. One hundred. Okay. A hundred. A Pebble Beast apparently pretty tough. Obviously What's far? A, uh, Seventy-two. Okay, so you'd be plus twenty-eight. Yeah, so basically, basically bogey and a half every hole, and I'll be, you know, I'm I'm around a hundred, you know, like if you go, if you go twenty seven, bogey and a half every hole, that's ninety nine. So okay. like honestly, being like bogey between bogey and double bogey on every hole, I feel like that's a good solid goal for a guy who picked up golf exactly two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I feel yeah. Um, but also, uh, you know, uh, it's, I think it's going to be tough. Laz, Laz thinks it's a hundred is a good number. He, he in, 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 a, in an upcoming episode says he is willing to take wagers uh, on me, uh, even regretfully. Like he doesn't think I'm going to break a hundred, but he's willing to bet on me being clutch. Oh, really? So, so Dirtballs, if you want to bet against me shooting a hundred, please reach out. Please tag me and Andy Lazarus. Well, Joe, we have a lot to talk about today, uh, at least as far as sports news, I think. And, and, and we're, we're waiting, we're awaiting, I should say, a, a bombshell of a story, allegedly, about the Washington, I don't know what their name is anymore, but the Washington former Redskins. And we're, we're kind of sitting on that and, and I know that's going to drop the minute this story, or I'm sorry, the minute this, the story's going to drop the minute this show ends, I think. It, it, like, now sports stories are taunting us. Like, normally sports stories drop the second the dirty sports ends. Now sports stories are going, we're going to drop sometime tomorrow. We're not going to tell you what time, but I promise it's going to be right after the dirty sports ends. And we're starting 45 minutes late for technical Due to, due to technical difficulties over here in Venice Beach. But, yeah. But it doesn't matter how late we had started. It's going to drop within a 15-minute window after we finish. So, so basically, I'll just allude to what's out there. There have been tons of leaks in the press regarding Washington and Daniel Schneider in particular and just a toxic 
atmosphere involving everything from sexual assault to pimping women out, the cheerleaders, to now I'm seeing connections with possibly, I mean, we have Schneider to, I don't know if you saw us, to Jeffrey Epstein. We have a ton of people that are quitting slash getting fired from the Redskins organization. Sex parties with drugs and possibly Jay Gruden's connected. I mean, these are some wild, wild allegations. I mean, the, the whole the whole thing of like the pimping cheerleaders and the, the, the nude photo- photographs of cheerleaders, like – this is some this is some any given Sunday shit. Like yeah. also also LeVar Arrington was uh you know using a chainsaw to saw through uh Colt McCoy's car at a party and uh <laughs> I and heard they, they they tossed alligators in the locker room after they James, won. James Woods is their team doctor. He's wearing his MAGA hat and uh yeah. you know he's giving out he's giving out ecstasy pills for people so that they can go to Epstein's Island. So these possible leads Who knew, for, by the way, who knew when we were changing the Redskins name that we we're changing it to no name, that they're, that, that the franchise is get, just getting shut down. Well, there's another conspiracy there that's already arising that. Oh yeah. The Washington post who was owned by Jeff Bezos is going to be the, paper that's going to drop this bombshell therefore it's going to be so incriminating to daniel schneider that he is going to have to sell the team because it's going to look so bad and that's where bezos whose own paper dropped it is going to swoop in and buy the team so there's a lot going on here yeah that's a wild conspiracy theory there's so much to unpack here just like i mean the just the gruden thing like does jay gruden i know he was like an arena league quarterback but like jay gruden and his visor having cheerleader sex parties that's that's wild to me well he got in trouble last year let's not forget right what did he do last year was he all drunk what was something that surfaced wasn't there something that surfaced last year when he was all lit I'm pretty sure. The big question is with all this, this is, this doesn't, I, I was about to say this doesn't sound too, too Washington DC, but then you remember, of course, this is very Washington DC, but sex parties and strippers and like, this is even more Vegas than it is DC. Does John Gruden see this story about his brother, Jay Gruden, his little bro and suddenly decide he's a perfect fit for the Vegas Raiders. He's like, well, little bro, why didn't you tell me you were grinding with stripper? Like, you know, I think you're ready for Vegas. Come in here. We'll put you in charge of personnel, not football personnel, cheerleader personnel. We get you getting showgirls from the, I want you to go into the casinos grind with the showgirls a little bit, bring them over to the Vegas Raiders turn. We need that Elizabeth Berkeley and showgirls on sidelines, strippers turned cheerleaders. I like it. I think it's a natural transition for Jay who, by the way, like if you look at whatever leaks and obviously we don't know, there's just tons of speculation, 
whatever happens, Jay. I don't is know if you should. I don't know, if, brother. I don't know if you should have been getting into sex. Cheerleaders don't tend to be the kind of people. I would go to the doctor and get yourself checked out. Make sure you didn't catch a case of Spider Two Y banana. Make sure you didn't catch yourself a case of Spider Two Y all over your banana, little bro. You're a grinder, and I like it. You, they used to say that you were the the good son. I, turns out you were the bad son all along. Turns out you were Macaulay Culkin. And it turns out that that I was Elijah Wood the whole time, you little grinder, you. Wow. Going deep with the good son reference. Yeah. Jay is one of those guys, though, and I bet you're going to agree with me here. I have nothing particularly against Jay Gruden, but I think he's lived off of the Gruden name. I mean, if you, if you look at his record, he, he did, what, a couple seasons in Cincinnati when they had – not arguably, but probably talent-wise, the best offensive weapons, right? Yeah. From top to – like, my point is that offense was great, but you also had so many great assets on that team. Then he gets the head coaching job in same as Hugh, Same as Hugh Jackson, remember? You were like, yeah. ah, Hugh Jackson was like a decent offensive coordinator. It's like they had so much talent that multiple guys got head coaching gigs after being the offensive coordinators there. All of them went on to be train wrecks. Yeah, so you know, at this point, I turns am, out turns out Andy Dalton's better than we all thought. Is the coaching the whole time? Uh, 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 just saying. I, I like him as the Cowboys' backup. In yeah. fact, that's a great segue to Dak getting the franchise tag. So Dak will make a little over thirty-one million this year. Not great for Dak, but. I've read a lot of: Is this good for Dak? Is this good for the Cowboys? Is it bad for the Cowboys? I think it's good for the Cowboys, to be honest. Well, it's certainly, I think it's certainly good for the Cowboys as an organization simply because you don't want to have to give your quarterback $30 million over the course of, you know, five, six, seven years, whatever these deals are now. And, and you just talked about it. You like Andy Dalton as a backup. I'm not saying that Dak hasn't been good for the Cowboys. He's certainly been good. But what has he proven in terms of being – the long-term, you know, answer for the Cowboys. And I don't mean that in terms of talent and what he's been able to do on the field. I just mean from a financial standpoint, is he better than, is he better at 31 million or 35 million than Andy Dalton is at 3 million or 4 million? So, you know, like, let's say Dak goes down this year for, and I'm not rooting for this, even as a Giants fan, but let's say Dak goes down this year and Andy Dalton comes in, tons of weapons like he's had in the past and plays well, do you then go, yeah, let's give Dak $200 million? I mean, Patrick Mahomes just got $500 million. What is Dak's market price right now? $250 million? You're going to give Dak Prescott a quarter of a billion dollars? for not winning anything yet? Well, the argument that they should have given him a long-term deal would say his value is only going to increase because the market value share for the quarterback will only increase. Well, I understand that. Not necessarily. I mean, if he has a de- like if he has a mediocre or below year than he did last year, his market value really doesn't increase. 
Let's talk about, I mean, we have an example of this in the division with Kirk Cousins. We have an example yeah. of a team that kept saying, we're not sure, we're not sure, we're not sure, and we're out. And I don't think anybody thinks that the Redskins have missed an opportunity to win a Super Bowl by letting go of Kirk Cousins a couple years ago. It hasn't happened in Minnesota. They played in an NFC championship game in Minnesota the year before Kirk Cousins was there. He comes in. He has not taken them back to an NFC championship game in two seasons. So whether you like it or not, whether you want to talk about the talent around him or not, Kirk Cousins has not had the success with the Vikings as Case Keenum. Facts. So I don't think anybody's... Well, well, hold on. Statistically, he's probably played better, correct? Sure. Okay. You're talking, you're talking as far I'm talking as... About, he came he, in. We're not, we're not talking about what Brett Favre did you know, 12 years ago with the Vikings. We're talking Kirk Cousins. The, the Redskins gave up on Kirk Cousins. The Vikings swooped in. They were, on, they, they were in the NFC Championship game. They needed... They, they thought the problem was quarterback. They brought in a quarterback. They gave him the money. They didn't even get back to the NFC Championship game. They've won a playoff game since he got there. So, look, you can, you can say the market value is, is going to only go up for Dak. But the question becomes, is he going to win you a Super Bowl, which is the only thing that matters? First things first, decide if a guy can win you a Super Bowl. I think Dak can. Okay. Look, I think, I think Dak, I think Dak is, a, is a very good quality quarterback. I, I think, obviously, you always see the Dak versus Carson Wentz debate, right? They're in the same division. You know, they come around the same time. And I think those guys, those guys are obviously very comparable. One, and to be one, honest, one had an MVP-type season and has been injured for every single playoff game s- since the start of his career. Dak has put up a lot of big numbers in a lot of meaningless games against trash teams. And like they're, well, they're- well that's, that's where they're comparable. If you really go in and do a deep analytical dive, and I've seen a lot of people do this, both Dak and Carson Wentz do not play well against quality opponents. Facts don't lie. And – the, this is the name of the game the whole time. Can your quarterback win you a Super Bowl? This is the same thing we're talking about that, that the Redskins basically believed about Kirk Cousins back in the day. Kirk Cousins loves to stockpile yards and touchdowns against bad teams and then look horrible against good teams. The problem is you only play good teams in the playoffs unless, you yeah. know, unless like last year, you know, you're an Eagles team that, wins a division at eight and eight or nine and seven or whatever they were and are, you know, wins a terrible division, which happens every once in a while. But for the most part, you're going to have to beat a, a number of good teams to get to the Super Bowl, just to get yeah. to the Super Bowl. You have to beat two good teams. Well, there was a few big signings in the last few days. We'll start with the Titans. They signed Derrick Henry for a four-year, $50 million deal with uh, basically two years guaranteed. I like this because it's not, 
it's not like an insane amount of money and it's four years. I don't like the six, seven year deals for running backs. I think four at his age and the value that he brings to that team is, is so huge that I like this deal. I really like it. I, I like it for a couple of reasons. One, two years guaranteed. He's, he's the fifth highest paid running back, not the first highest paid running back. He's not coming in and saying, I have to top everybody else because I was the best running back in football in the postseason last year. And, you know, in the regular season, I think he won the rushing title, right? And, Correct. And was obviously the most dominant running back in the playoffs. Um, so to come in and, and take a deal at fifth, but I like it mostly because unlike even – I mean, I think the Panthers are going to rely heavily on Christian McCaffrey to be a runner and a receiver, but more so than a lot of running backs, even like a Saquon or an Ezekiel, even more than an Ezekiel Elliott, I feel like the personality of the Titans is we're going to play defense, we're going to beat up your defense with Derrick Henry, and we're going to take our chances playing some smash mouth football. Yeah. I agree. So, I think he, so he let's just, give him let's give him a shorter deal and let's work his ass. And I think he's such a great fit for just that whole city. You know, they're not a big market. They're Nashville. He's not a loudmouth, outspoken, you know, flamboyant type of player. As we see a lot of these guys are, right? You yeah. don't see Derrick Henry tweeting about tweets. his Madden rating. Yeah. You don't see Derrick Henry, at least unless I miss something, getting caught up with Instagram models. I just think he's right. kind of a workhorse. I mean, you know what's even telling about Derrick Henry? Watch when he scores. He normally just tosses the ball to the ref. He yeah. doesn't even spike it. So, like you said, he's a workhorse, and I think it is. That's the embodiment of that team. And, and, it, worked for, and it worked for them. Worked great. I mean, yeah. let's not forget, you know – Obviously, KC ended up whooping their ass, but they had them on the ropes for a half in the AFC Championship yeah. game on yeah. the road. So, so I really do like you. I like this signing. Other big signings we have. And, and by the way, and sorry, just to, just to double down on your point there about having KC on the ropes is KC, especially locking down Mahomes for 10 years and everything, like their, their style is to say, you are not going to outscore us. We're going like it, like don't get in a shootout with us. We're gonna beat you in a shootout. You know, we're, this is our strategy. And I know everything. You know, okay, send me your DMs calling me a homer. But like, it kind of is a reminiscent strategy if you're the Titans to say if our end game, like a Giants Patriots eighteen and O Super Bowl, if we're if our if the team we have to go through to get to a Super Bowl is this high powered offense. Our only real strategy is to become a ball control, run it, play defense kind of offense. So I also like it too, not only in sticking with their style, but sticking in a style that really is the best chance to get a sneaky playoff win against a Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid high-powered offense. And, and they did that, obviously, Baltimore was just lighting it up, scoring last year, and that's exactly what they did. They controlled the ball and they forced Lamar Jackson to have to throw the ball 50 times, which is not his strength. And they kind of ran all over Baltimore. Again, I like it. You like it. Great move by the Titans. Moving yeah. on, Miles Garrett, 
signs the largest deal now it's for official. a defensive player. It's official. It's going to make a hundred million in guarantees, one hundred twenty-five million extension with fifty million at do it signing. Now, are is there any incentives? Uh, are there any whack-a-mole incentives for every player he beats over the unhelmeted player he beats over the head? Does he get like a bonus? I don't know if that's written into his contract. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's getting the biggest defensive contract ever suspended last year for trying to murder somebody. Yeah. I think we've all forgotten about that. As crazy as that sounds. And obviously it's been a, a wild 2020, uh, not just in the sports world. I had to catch everyone. myself. That was the end of last season. Correct. Cause that was Mason Rudolph. I think you might've missed even the last six games. Yeah. Or was it the last four games. Any, anyway. Yeah. He missed a huge chunk of the season. Look, his production cannot be argued. If you, if you put his numbers up there since he entered the league, he definitely plays a great game, and he definitely is worth it from a statistical point of view, right? But, but I agree. It's like, hmm. You know, he's now going to make more money than Khalil Mack, who's stayed pretty clean. Yeah, look, I'm not even saying – by the way, I'm I'm a Lawrence Taylor stan. I'm not saying you have to have the, you know, a, a a clean bill of sanity to be a great defensive player. I'm just saying it's it, it is kind of amazing that it's happening like back to back. Like he didn't play the last four games last year because he tried to murder somebody on a football field, and they rewarded him with like that's kind of just the timing of it. Like if it if if he played this season and then got extended, like it's like got extended next year it's not really that big a deal, but they're like, well, we're glad you got that rest at the end of the last year for uh, mans attempted manslaughter. So feeling fresh, let's give you the big contract. Well, and we still don't even know, right. I'm just going to say, I don't know what really happened. You know, right. He still is saying racial slurs were tossed at him. There's a lot of, there's a lot of what ifs, right? Like we don't really know. My, my question to you would be with all these kind of questions, and things we don't really know about. Is that a guy you wanted the leader of your defense, your, your defensive squad? Sure. Why not? Okay. You're the Browns. You can't be letting guys go. But, but see, okay. Th th then, then that begs the question, is this what you want? If you're a Browns fan, again, I'm not debating his production, but we all know locker room, and people getting – not just people getting along, but, but that leadership presence is I don't why know. I, look, look, Browns, I'm not – yeah, I'm not a Browns fan, so I don't know what the general consensus is on Miles Garrett's locker room persona. But I think we can all agree uh, he's, not, he's not in the top three, like, lunatics on that team, right? I know he did attempt manslaughter, but, like, Baker Mayfield is – in a, you know, going on four year internet battle with Colin Coward, uh, Odell Beckham and uh, kicking equipment have a pretty strong rivalry. Um, Miles Garrett attempted manslaughter, top three, top three on the team. God, that Brown's locker room. I, I, I just, I don't see it working. I, I don't see that, that team just working in who's general. our coach who's our coach again it's been so long without sports who's our coach 
Well, they fired Freddie Kitchens. Correct. I, I don't. Dude, that's a great point. Like, I have no clue. I, and I don't. Even, I'm not even looking it up. I have no clue who the Browns head coach is. You want to look it up? I'm gonna look it up. I have okay. to. While you do that, the other big signing this week was Chris Jones, uh, oh, defensive Ke- tackle. Kevin Kevin Stefanski. Oh yeah. Ke- who was he? Was he the the Vikings offensive coordinator? Yeah. Yeah. He's. That's why I can't remember who he was because yeah. he wasn't a big splash hire. So Chris Jones has signed a deal with a big deal as well, the defensive tackle for the Chiefs. He's getting $60 million in guaranteed injury. The deal is upwards to $85 million, $37 million due to a contract. So these were kind of the big deals that were signed this week. So shit, man, look at the Chiefs. So they just gave uh, Mahomes over $500 million, and now – Chris Jones can make up to $85 million. They just showed out almost $600 million in the last week. Yeah. But I think that they're doing the right thing. Mahomes is one of a kind. And then, as I said uh, a couple episodes ago when we talked about the Mahomes deal, their defense can't get worse. Their defense doesn't have to be amazing, but it can't get worse. They can't play worse defense. They need to keep a certain level of defense there. And honestly – I know Travis Kelsey, you know, gets paid, but on offense, you got to focus on offensive line with Mahomes running. Like Andy Reid's always been a running back by committee guy, you know, even LaShawn McCoy, he always had a guy who was there like, you know, stealing touches. Um, Andy Reid's going to be fine with the screen game and the plug in whoever at running back situation. I think Patrick Mahomes is uh, like all great, you know, all timer quarterbacks is going to turn any competent receiver into an all pro and, you know, just focus on keeping a certain level of, of defense, make sure to protect Mahomes, and you're going to be good. Yeah. And you're going to be, and you're you're a contender. Sure. Of course. Now I have to look at all these guys, uh, Madden ratings, because I really want to discuss this, this, this to me, I don't get this, and it gets worse every year. Joe, I want to get into the psychological mindset of a National Football League player. Why do grown men, the best athletes in the world, care what their rating is on a video game that a bunch of dorks around the world play? Why is this Uh, a thing every year? I think a number of reasons. One, they're grown men physically right? They're still, a lot of these guys are still kind of kids. Okay. So there's that. Second of all, they're from the video game generation. Madden, you know, when I was a kid, uh, uh, Madden, the first Madden was probably like 92 or something like that, you know? So I'm 13 when I start playing Madden and I play Madden for, you know, 10, 12 years consistently after that. But this is something a lot of these guys have been playing since day one. Like they're playing Madden at five, six years old. My nephew has been playing Madden for three years now, you know? So basically 20 years of Madden when it's like been a thing, who's on the cover, what's your rating? Like this is their shit. Yeah, but I, I just – I don't know. I'm trying to understand it, but I don't fully – like, I get what you're saying, but if I'm a great player, 
I'm not care. Like, I, I don't know. Again, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But I just think if I'm at that level, the top 1% in the world of what I do, I'm just, I'm, I don't see, this is just me. I don't, I don't see e- myself. Uh, but, but I don't even, I, honestly, I don't even think it's about, the, I don't think this is them worrying about it in terms of a, like, a pro football focus has me ranked as the third best running back or all the GMs. I think this is, yo, obviously I'm going to use myself when I play Madden. You're telling me, I'm Saquon Barkley. You're telling me when I use myself, I'm not going to be as good as Aaron Jones. This is ludicrous. He's so, slamming the control. Okay. Okay. So now, now I understand that, that point of view. So it's more when they are playing the actual game themselves. They want to be better. They want themselves to be better. So these are the you remember, rankings. You remember, you, you remember be, having a – you remember the day – like obviously neither of us were ever in a professional sports league. So if we ever wanted to appear in these games, uh, we would have to create ourselves. You know what I mean? Sure. You always gave yourself juiced up everything. Well, shout out to Bilbo. Shout out to Nick D'Alessandro. I know he created me uh, an NBA 2K. He gave me like a Costco jersey and he tried to mimic me. And I just, I didn't even actually ever play with me. I, I get it. But I'm looking at the rankings. So they are, they are somewhat interesting. So, so let's just start with the overall players. You have Aaron Donald at 99, Christian McCaffrey 99, and Patrick Mahomes at 99. So those are the three 99s. Then you have J.J. Watt at 98, which I agree is kind of bullshit. Now, J.J. Watt went to Twitter last night to do the, the writing gif as if he was seeing all the people talking shit about him. But again, J.J. Watt's been so injury prone. He's a three-time the, the, By the way, the reason, the reason J.J. Watt did the writing gif, he was going to take a video of himself writing, but both of his arms are bound like this in some sort of straitjacket that he's been wearing for 12 games every season. But his nose is bloody, and he sleeps in Bill O'Brien's office. Hey, maybe your maybe your shoulders wouldn't hurt so much if you didn't sleep on a cot in your fucking head coach's office. Get yourself a Tempur-Pedic mattress, dog. You're a millionaire. So JJ Watt has a 98 rating. Then your 97 ratings are Khalil Mack, Russell Wilson, Von Miller. Then as we get down to 96, you have Cam Jordan, Fletcher Cox. So it's, it is interesting. Like, like if you want to look at particular rankings, I know obviously when you do positions, that's where people get all worked up, especially on social media and then especially the players. And we'll just – I don't want to go over all these, but I think it's kind of funny. So the quarterback position, the top ones are Mahomes again at 99, then Russ Wilson at 97, Lamar Jackson's 94, Drew Brees 93 and Tom Brady at 90. Then you have Aaron Rodgers at 89, then Matt Ryan at 87, all above Deshaun Watson. Yeah, it's ludicrous. Look, I get, like, you know, you have to, you have to consider, like, showing it. Here's my issue. It's Madden 2020 or whatever, you know what I mean? It's not Matt, like, how is Tom Brady ahead of Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun? Like, in 2019, he wasn't better than those guys. Tom Brady? Wasn't better than Aaron Rodgers. 
Wasn't better than Deshaun Watson. Well, I think that's, you know, obviously they're factoring in his career. Okay, but this isn't Madden career. This is Madden 2020. Yeah. If you want to put Tom Brady as the as a 99 on the all team all time Patriots or whatever, I don't even know if they still do that stuff in Madden. You know, that's one thing. But 2020, Tom Brady. That's why, dude. If I was Deshaun Watson, I get pissed off too. If you called up, if you called up Bill Belichick in Week Seven last year and was like, "We're we'd like to trade you." Deshaun Watson for Tom Brady straight Bill Belichick would be like no backsies and hanging up the phone and and a plane would arrive to pick up Deshaun Watson but if I'm Deshaun Watson I'm just saying I don't give a shit what my Madden rating is look what the numbers that I produced on the field they blow out Brady's this year and that's all I care about yeah but isn't it a little disrespectful so now you're not getting the respect you deserve hey if if the people at Madden see you this way that 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 changes. Oh, oh who are, who are the, but wait, who are these people at Madden? Sorry well, to interrupt you. They've probably played exactly as much football as the guys at Pro Football Focus. I have a feeling they look a lot like Mike Florio. Yeah, but you know what? I trust the Pro Football Focus stuff. Why? Because I think they're they're using actual simulation from. I don't know. I could be wrong. I think I'd love to see the actual mathematical equation because like I'm a stat dork, right? I've, I've kind of turned into a stat dork at this point with my sports following and I love stats. So I'm a stat dork. I own it. It is what it is. I think if you put in the stats, I feel like that's what they're doing when they're doing next gen stats or pro football focus. And I'd, I'd assume they're trying to do the same thing with the Madden rankings, I just don't know. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is an algorithm, and I'm sure it is like a p- putting or, all the numbers into a thing. Or does Madden purposely do this? Because we're talking about it. We don't even play Madden. All the players are talking about it. I, all those people I, on I, social I, media. I, look, I would. I love Madden. I would if I had a PlayStation. If anybody wants to send me a PlayStation 4, I'm, I'm available. I'll give you my address. Slide in my DMs. <laughs> I'm sure Bilbo has one. Or two, I think Bill, Bilbo's an Xbox guy. That's right. Um, I know Matt Podoti oh, has that? offered. Podoti's offered a, a Podoti's offered a PS4, but I don't think he'll hear this because he doesn't listen to the show. Just kidding. I'll see you in my DMs. By the way, I love that. Literally, Bilbo lived with me, had an Xbox, and I didn't even know the gaming system he had. Yeah. What is reality at this point, Joe Prano? I just found my old Nintendo Wii. By the way, after doing yeah. That, uh, so if anybody out there wants to do a, a PlayStation for a Wii <laughs> trade, get at me. Yeah, you're not going to get any uh, any buyers on that. Oh, you never know. Somebody somebody has two PlayStations and no Wiis. You know what I think you need to do? I think you, you by need the to way, I getting... think I think the guys who come up with the Madden ratings and the guys at Pro Football Focus, they probably don't have Wiis. No, definitely <laughs> not. I, I know what you did there. You know what you need? You need a, a day of gaming with some fresh, cold Miller Lite, Joe Prano. Oh, I love that? Miller Lite so much, Andy. I love Miller Lite so much. You know, you know, every time I take a sip of Miller Lite, I think I could not enjoy this beer more than I do. And then something happened this week. And I can't wait for you to return because I think that you're going to love this place too. My brother and I have been playing this par three course down in Manhattan Beach. 
hidden behind this little boutique hotel called the West Drift. Little great little par three, nine hole golf course. They got a little golf shack when you show up. I get myself three Miller lights. I throw them in my golf bag, one Miller light every three holes. And literally when you're out in the California sun in a pair of shorts, whacking golf balls completely offline and, and washing it down with a Miller light. It's hard. It's hard for life to be better than that. I got to say in these unprecedented times, it's still hard to beat that, that life. Well, dirt balls, you can join Joe on the links yourself, wherever you may be. Enjoy a nice cold Miller light, the original light beer, or while you're home, enjoy a classic available for delivery today. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. Derek Paul, send me, send me your pics on Twitter and Instagram of you on the golf course with Miller Lite. It will warm my heart and cool my throat. Love it. So baseball is going to start next week. And I Allegedly. Allegedly. I believe I saw 11 umps are not going to participate. Now, a lot of those guys are in that age. Bye forever. <laughs> right? They're in that age that's obviously for COVID that is not a safe age to be in. A lot of managers, actually, for that as well. I think it's time they – I think this is the best time, and I want to see what you think about this, to test robot umpires. It's a 60-game season, so it's a shortened season. There's already going to be an asterisk. People are already going to debate this for years to come if there is a champion, if we actually do finish the season. Why not do the robot umpires this year? I could not think of a better, more ideal situation to do it. Uh, I agree with you. I just don't know. Is the tech, is the tech ready? Well, they, they've tested it, right? They've tested it in the, at the minor league level or the independent leagues. I know that. Let's go there. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for it. Especially like, you know, do it like alternate uniforms just every Sunday. Robot umps. Oh, so you don't even want to do it across the season. I'm just saying if you needed a test run, I think there's going to be, I think there's going to be, uh, I think there's going to be flaws, but I'm down to test it. Yeah. Listen, I'm all in favor of human umps. I'm not trying to take jobs away from anybody. I think there is a human element to the game that we lose with the robot umps. But at the same time, I, I think the benefit of robot umps is that, again, you get rid of the bad apples. You know what I mean? Like The Angel Hernandez's guys? The, the Adam Hamaris of the world. Buy forever. I'd rather... I'd rather have a robot ump malfunction, like do some Jetsons thing where it malfunction and oil spits out and springs go everywhere every three innings, and we've got to drag it off the field and replace it with a new robot ump than to ever see Adam Hamari on a baseball field ever again. What was that baseball game on the old Nintendo that had robots playing baseball? I don't remember. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, absolutely. Did you? Because we had it here in my family. Did you play that? Yeah, there was a football one too. There was? There was a football one where they were like on wheels and they got like a thing and it was like, 
and like the ball would explode if it like got too hot and like what yeah you sure you weren't just high no really i swear happened? it was like i that was like an arcade game though okay yeah i'm talking about a nintendo baseball game where i remember it but i don't remember what it was called the players were robots i'll, I'll have to do a dive on that so what is your approach to this season because it kind of hit me today i've been doing a lot of reading on on my hometown reds right because because the Reds are one of those teams that a lot of people think can make the playoffs, right? And, right. And, and they're, and they're kind of like your Mets as far as teams that a lot of people think have great shots at winning the division or make the playoffs. You know, I know the DH – the Reds are one of those teams because the Reds have a lot of bats now. that They're like, the DH is really going to help that National League team. Yeah. And, and the Reds have some pitching, and obviously you guys have pitching. Like, how are you approaching this season? Because I'm kind of approaching it from a fan's perspective of – I'm jumping into the lake, but I'm not, I'm not just running and diving, right? Like, I'm checking the water. I'll be watching some games, but I just don't know what to expect. Now, but I, what is your question? My I question really... is, like, how are you approaching this as, as a fan? Because I'm saying I'm, I'm approaching it kind of gingerly, whereas in the past I'd be like, let's go. I am, uh, like – ecstatic at the idea of sports coming back. I mean, I'm watching inner squad games. I'm uh, like, I'm buying, I bought the Jersey of the, you know, ball boy who's playing left field for the Dodgers in inner squad games, you know, like uh, I'm in. And, and that, that upsets me because I still, I'm, I'm only a couple weeks removed from uh, hating baseball for even putting us in this position. But at the same time, the NBA, is it going to come back? The bubble situation, football, everybody's got to wear an N95 under their mask or they can't play. Like, we have a lot of things up in the air. So if baseball starts, I'll be watching it from an interest standpoint. Like, is this going to last? Is this going to take? And then also, you know, uh, I want to see Pete Alonzo and Jacob DeGrom and Jeff McNeil. Uh, they're like three of the best players in baseball, and they're all on my baseball team. Let's go. Yeah. Um, but, but at the same time, you know, I don't think it'll have the, I don't think I'll have the passion that I would for a full season. And I know a lot of people are like, Oh, you know, these players are coming back because they want to win. So how dare you disrespect it and call it like not a real season, which I'm not, but like, it won't be the same if the Mets win the world series this year, than that if, if they played 162 games now, Feel free to take a screen grab of this and show it back to me when the Mets win the World Series and be like, I thought you weren't going to care, buddy. Uh, but You don't care, but, but no, I, I agree with your sentiment, Joe. It's not that you won't care, not that I wouldn't care if the Reds won. It's, it's just it's not the same. It isn't. It's yeah. not the same for many reasons. One, fans can't go to these games as of right now from what I've seen. So once you remove that, like, it's funny, you know, my dad, actually, we've been watching a lot of old photo albums on the TV down here. He's got, like, no lie, like 35,000 photos. And he, he came up from being downstairs. He came up and I was in the kitchen. He said, come down here. I'm putting on the, uh, the Mets pitch from 2015. And we watched the whole album. And to be honest, I'd never seen those pictures. So those were his pictures. Yeah. So it was a fun album to see. And it was so great to see all the dirt balls and you and great pictures that he had of everything. But it was so cool as I'm watching that to be like, wow, the Mets made the World Series that year. You know, like the, there's 
I'm not even a Mets fan, but I had that memory of that game and how their season turned around after that pitch. And, you know, you have all those memories. When you take fans out of it, none of us are going to have that for any of these teams this year. Right. Which really has a completely different psychological effect from the fandom point of view. Except for Dodgers fans. They're going to be like, oh, we this, oh, fans can't go? Oh, we're not late? <laughs> no, Dodger. again, my opinion on Dodgers fans is they support the team, especially the Hispanic fans. It's the, the white-collar. It's the show up late, leave early. Yeah, it's the, it's the movie producer who's yeah. got $300 seats who shows up. But I just so, think I just think that whether there's an asterisk or not, we're all going to look back on this. Like 15 years from now, we're going to look back on this season, and say, and it'll be like, like you know, the Met, if the Mets win the World Series, it could be like 69, 86, and 2020. You know, like if Jacob Degrom doesn't win the NL Cy Young this year and then wins it next year, I'm going to be like, come on, let's all agree he won three straight, right? Like. The 60-game season where, like, the guy who won the most games in the league won eight games. We're really counting that. Like, are, should we even give awards? Okay, as a, as a Reds fan, what's, what's more of a laughable claim championship? If the Reds won it this year or the Reds still holding on to the White Sox throwing the World Series? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's got to be. It's still got to be the White Sox. I mean, it's got to be, right? Every player was banned. And, and if you go to any Reds, Reds Museum, the Reds Hall of Fame, the, right, the stadium, when they keep holding up 1919, I want to be like, guys, come on. Come on. You, you can't hold up when the other team blatantly threw the series. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. What, like, what, what, what do you think, uh, in, since we're doing this, what do you think should be, like, which do you hold more as a more legitimate title if whoever wins the World Series this year or every single Patriots championship in the Belichick era? It's going to be – look, you know me. It's going to be tough for me to discredit the Patriots championships. Sorry. I'm, st- I'm still a Belichick guy, man. I know they cheat, and I will openly say it and admit it. But everybody cheats, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Andy, you missed. It's not everybody cheats, as you know. It's everybodycheats.com. That's right. Yourteamcheats.com. I'll be curious because baseball and basketball are basically coming back at the same time. Yeah, it's and exciting. From a but from a like a personal standpoint, I'm more excited to watch basketball. I, I you know I, I got to say I I'm excited that they're happening at the same time, but also the way that they're happening at the same time. I'm excited that we get the end of basketball season as the beginning of baseball season. It's pretty fun. Sure. I just, I think baseball, I think it matters more to basketball to have fans. I think you'd agree. They, baseball is a, you know, is a sport that I just don't think the fans affect the game that much. That's why from the curiosity perspective, I'm really curious to see how teams and particular players handle these small little gyms in Disney, you know, Disneyland, Disney World, where they're playing. Is and that, how, and the, how that it, plays out. Is that the deal they're going to be playing in like small little things? Are they, are they going to be like, 
you know, like I, I watched a tennis tournament the other day that had just like curtains basically up. Are we just going to be seeing the action? There won't be like empty seats. I, I don't know. I mean, how many arenas does Disney World have down there? I, I have no idea. I have no idea. The- I'm just guessing because if you look at the schedule, they have staggered games, right? Like the first day, you're going to have game after game after game. Like, are they all just playing on the same court? I assume they have multiple courts. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that, that picture of like carts line, courts lined up. I don't know if those are the practice courts or those are supposed to be the home yeah. courts. Are those where they're playing those games? That's insane. I didn't even think that when I saw that picture. But if you have – why play in a big arena that's just sitting empty? I think that looks even weirder. Yeah. Although I don't know. I guess just it's, the facilities, locker rooms, whatever, but who knows? It's kind of like, you know, when, the, when college basketball does the Maui Invitational? Yeah. And they play, I think, I think at the school's right, Chaminade, they play in uh, Hawaii, and it's basically a high school gym. That's kind of what I'm envisioning. Great. What, what, they, what they should do in the bubble is they should have kind of like the and one tour guys like, oh, shit. You know, like they, they, they need like the designated all shit guy in the stands. Well, I think, somebody... this, I, I think NBA bench guys are essentially that. And um, we're going to get we're going to like I think that's lost when there's a huge crowd. But I think that the NBA bench guys are going to thrive in the bubble. They're going to be the all shit guys. Yeah. It always reminds me of, I love, one of my favorite, I mean, they're all so great, so I shouldn't even say one of my favorites, but a, a classic Dave Chappelle sketch from Chappelle's show. Remember when he does the end one tour in non-basketball sports? Yeah. Like so he great. goes to bowling alley, a tennis court. Like, that's what I envision when they have this. Now, the bubble has a snitch hotline. We're just going to call it for what it is. This is something that came out in the last week. There is a hotline that NBA players can call if someone is violating some of the social distancing, the mask protocol, you name it. This was tweeted out just a couple days ago that there's an anonymous hotline, Joe, for NBA players to leave calls about people violating it. And I love this because now some players have come out and been like, don't be a snitch. And then some guys are coming out and being like, dude, you got to do this. This is for our safety. This is to keep the league intact. This is, like, this, this is Carmelo's chance to thrive again. Remember Carmelo Anthony's stop snitching <laughs> video? <laughs> this, is, oh this, is, this, is, this is Carmelo's chance to once again become an elite NBA player, to, to lead the stop snitching campaign. Oh, that stop snitching thing is a classic. But I, I saw like like somebody called on uh, somebody called on uh, God. What's his name? Why am I? This is what happens. You don't have sports. Miami Heat. Uh, their star guard. Who, who like this, this? I don't even know what you're asking. To be totally honest who, with you, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I, I, I was I'm like struggling. So somebody, so somebody called. Somebody called and snitched on Jimmy Butler. So, so this actually leaked because normally it wouldn't leak who it was. So somebody called and snitched from what I saw on Jimmy Butler, and apparently they called for dude. This this is turning into like apartment complex shit. They're like, dude, there's too much noise. I can't sleep. And it was Jimmy Butler dribbling a basketball in his room. Really? Yeah. yeah. So like, 
So, like, the NBA now is having its own version of Karens. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd like to, I'd like, like to speak to the bubble manager. <laughs> like, that sounds like something I would do because I'm so noise sensitive and I get so angry and I've been so spoiled here. Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go full falling down. I've already, I've already decided. I'm gonna go full falling down when I go back to Savage Town when my neighbor above me is stomping at night. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go full Karen, full falling down. But that's kind of what's happened in the NBA bubble. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's wild. Because I Andy, know, Chris- yeah, yeah, Andy, I'm not, I'm not seeing anything. Like you've been talking about taking a bit of a break on social media, and I'm already, I'm like, I'm already there. I've, I've yeah. decided to no longer reply to people, or no longer reply more than once at, at the very least. If I get, if I get a reply to something from a friend or a dirtball or somebody you know whose opinion I care about, a fellow comedian, I'm no, I'm done replying to anonymouses. I'm barely on social media. And honestly, like it, it, it's a, uh, it, it, it's, it feels good. You know, um, it does feel good. I, I, I've been playing a lot more golf and, and it's not because of what I'm doing. Like, like you've said, the, uh, you know, the, the arguments and all the stuff that goes on on social media these days is just too much. I mean, I made fun of Shabelli on the show Trevelli and I traded texts the other day. I was like, Trevelli, I don't even really care about your opinions, but what is you doing? <laughs> like, I was like, you're, you're spending your whole day replying with graphs to everybody on the internet. I'm like, what are you doing? And, yeah. and honestly, you know, it, it's a, this is a nice segue into a conversation that we, we had a little bit off uh, air yesterday. Um, but I'll, I'm happy to talk about like my end from it. Now I, say things on this show. I have strong opinions and people don't agree with them. A lot of people don't like my thoughts on the military industrial complex and the United States causing violence around the world for, you know, the last hundred years. Um, and people don't like my opinion on, you know, cops, which is, uh, our domestic version of the military industrial complex. Guys, I don't need your DMS. I don't care. I don't need a goodbye. If you're not listening to the dirty sports podcast anymore, because you don't like an opinion I had, you don't need to let me know. I don't care. Goodbye forever. Like there's plenty. I of, disagree. Let him know. Bombard his DMS. There's plenty let of, there's plenty of sports podcasts out there where guys don't have strong opinions, you know, go, go listen to those. I, you know, the, we're talking about, how sports right now is being affected by politics and social issues. And it is what it is. You know, uh, if you don't like my opinion on it, tell Andy that, you know, sorry, he has to deal with it, but you don't need to message me and say, you're an asshole for not supporting the troops Bye. I, you know, I hope you fucking kill yourself and all this stuff. Like I don't care. Bye. You don't, you don't need to say goodbye. You can Irish exit my mentions forever. You know what, though, Joe? I'm going to call you out right now. I think you do care. I think you care that you brought this up. I think you care a little. No, because the thing is, you know what? Go on Reddit and trash me. Go on our reviews and trash me. All reviews are good reviews. But you don't need to let me know that you're not listening anymore. You know what a great – and by the way, you know who always listens – forever people who say i'm done listening no one is a more valued valuable and consistent listener than the guy who swears 
He's never listening anymore. Padoti, send me that PS4, dog. Ah, well, Joe, in a matter of weeks, the good news is we will be back in the smart studio slash Tug's Tiki Bar, and we will be able to have these disagreements, discussions, laughs together. Yeah, I can't wait. Tug's funny. I I talked to Tug about that. He's like, when you coming back? He's like, can I... uh..." I'm like, Tug, you can still use my apartment. Tug has gotten so used to it. I love this. I said, he was, Tug. He, he wants permission to come hang when you're back? Yeah. So I told him, I said, I said, Tug, when I come back, I've been out of Los Angeles, you know, away from the weather, the beach for three months. This is, this is the longest. Like, I don't think people realize. This is the longest I've been away. This is the longest I've lived in Cincinnati since 2004 after one of my summers in college. And I've lived in LA now for 13 years, right? So that's, a, that's more than a third of my life. So I told Tug, I said, Tug, I'm going to want so much beach time when I come back. And I said, I won't even bother you. I said, Tug, you can come over whenever. I won't I even mean, stay in the When you have the internet, Tug's just going to never leave. I know. I said, the internet will be back. I'll hop my little bicycle if it's still there. Highly unlikely. My bicycle has been there well, 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 under, under a cup highly unlikely it's still there i'll hop on my bike go to the beach in marina del rey and just get some sun i'm, I'm so pale right now joe you talk about going in the bubble this is the palest i've been the whitest i've been walt keeps heckling me every day about it because you're so white you're so pale dude i'm so crushed st- i'm my, my tan's coming in nice dude it's been a gulp i mean i'm gonna have a uh, i'm gonna have a knee brace tan but boy do i feel like i'm gonna have a golden brown here which is important. That's it's it's all part of you know this, you know Andy for Pebble. The one reason I decided that I am going to go, I am very excited to show off. I am putting together quite a kit to uh, to wear on the course, and a and a nice bronze is part of it. Yeah, you can't wear. I I've a, I've a very much, and I can't wait to debut it. But a lot of white based, like a very like real like islandy white vibes. Uh, you can't wear a lot of white if you're not a golden brown skin. Yeah. So I'm ro- I'm getting this tan going. Oh, I'm I'm disgusting. It's it's, it's offensive right now. Uh, you're in your uh, you're in your basement with your Renaissance lighting behind you. <laughs> Rembrandt the, those Rembrandt windows. Yeah. So I want to bring up the NBA title odds right now. And actually, this is a great question because I just looked at YouTube. And somebody, it's perfect timing. Somebody actually asked a question that can coincide with us discussing this. So somebody asked this. It's a great question. How does Vegas handle bets that people made before COVID happened? You know, for example, if you made a, your annual World Series bet for the Mets to win, it does anything change? That's a great question. I, I would imagine that they have to honor it. You know what I mean? Like, because why is this any different than, say – you know, oh, I bet on the Mets to win the World Series and the, you know, Jacob DeGrom got hurt. You know, it's like, it is shit happens. Like, I would think that they would have to honor it. Now, a, an interesting one would be, like, what if you bet on a team, like, in, in the NBA, did they get rid of, did they, were the only teams that are gone are the ones that were officially eliminated? Yeah. Okay. I think. 
So I, I, I guess then that's, I, know, that, I guess that's fair. Um, I, I would think that they have to honor it in, unless I, something happened, unless they got rid of like an NBA team that technically wasn't eliminated, but uh, you know, and you bet on them to win. It's like, Hey man, I don't get a fair shake at this. What if they had gone on a miracle run? Well, look, the odds, I, I could be wrong. And somebody please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure as I look at the current Las Vegas odds, I'm pretty sure the Bucks were the odds on favorite before COVID hit. And now I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost positive. It's now the Lakers. So, so right now I'll just go through the, the top five or whatever. Lakers are the odds on favorite to win at 12 to five. The Bucks are five to two. The Clippers are 33 to 10. The Rockets are 12 to one. The Celtics are 17 to one. The Raptors are 22 to one. The Nuggets are 25 to one. So again, I could be wrong and I'm sure I could pull it up if I really wanted to do a, a dive on it, but I think some things have flipped for sure. Yeah. Cause I think they're going to go with experience. They're going to go with, I think a team like the Lakers, obviously you have, they go. you have, well, not just that, you know, Vogels had some, a lot of deep playoff run experience. I think that helps having that as a coach. Um, they got multiple players who have experience. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I like, like this whole bubble thing. How, and, do you, by the way, do you have, do you have a, does the list keep going? Do you have more? Yeah, teams on sure. List? Keep, keep going. Cause I, I mean, I don't hate just from a value bet. I don't hate getting into that nuggets range where you're like, what if this team does like, just put it together. It's like, it's, they just figure it out. It's a wonky thing. Like go with these high, uh, go with these high odds teams. I mean, I would even say what, what better year to jump in on a Rockets with a high odds, except for the fact that Russell Westbrook has COVID and reportedly James Harden also has COVID. like the James Harden has COVID is like the Dan Snyder is out on the red. So it's like, it's been talked about for a week, but no one's made it official. Well, well, here's the deal about James Harden. He did not show up to the bubble on the right. team plane. Right. He showed up by himself. Right. So, all, so a lot of rumors are that he has COVID. Right. And that he's going to go into straight quarantine. Right. So the, the odds, once you hit the Nuggets, they're 25 to 1. Then the 76ers are 28 to 1. Then the Heat are 30 to 1. Then you have the Jazz at 33 to 1. The Mavs at 40 to 1. Ooh, I like a Mavs at 40 to 1. Just like a little, little Doncic Perzingis losing their mind for a month and a half. Yeah. Rick Carlisle. Just for Look, fun. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, so you throw 50 bucks down. Yeah, why not? Two grand, two G's back. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not a bad bet. Look, I I think that's what I'm I'm excited to see how this plays out, but I'm worried as I've said all along. The wheels fall off, and and now, you know, and this thread of this Instagram model which came out Sunday, saying she was already invited to the bubble. It's it's J.R. Smith, dude. It's it's you 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 can't underestimate the amount of J.R. Smith type mentalities that these guys have are you trying to get the bubble yeah you're trying to get the bubble but you would think the nba could enforce that right could enforce like, what some instagram tot just rolls up 
Is it taught or thought? We always do this. You just say like model. <laughs> you say like Instagram piece or something. I don't know. Thought. I love taught. She's like a tater tot. Tater tots are delicious. Instagram model you know is what? delicious. Tater thoughts are more delicious. <laughs> are they? Yeah. I, I could use some of that. Get me a tater uh, thought. I'm just picturing. I just though, see, by the way, I just see two tater tots together, like pressed up together. Those ones that get stuck together in the oven with a little G-string in the middle, a little tater thought. I think, I think tater tots, to be honest, are one of the underrated. Uh, I hate tater tots. You hate tater tots? Hate tater tots. Why? Too much, like, too much potato to the fry combo. Like, to the, like, I like a thin shoestring fry, as we've talked about before. Like, I don't need a thick day. I hate steak fries. I hate tater tots. So, you know the bar in Santa Monica, West 4th and Jane? Yeah. So, I like West 4th and Jane because if you order, like, a burger, like a pulled pork sandwich, instead of fries... They give you them tater tots, man. That's why every time I'm there, I get those those delicious ging- ginger sriracha chicken wings. Keep those fries, those tots away from me. Give me the wings. Let's go. I love West Forth and Jane, by the way. I hope that survives. No, it won't. The pandemic. Do, do, do you realize, Joe? L.A. will not exist by March of 2021. It, it will not exist. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> L.A. will not exist. I don't know, man. I going don't know. Full, going full snake pliskin and wearing your wearing your eye patch around. Escape from LA. I don't know, man. I just I don't know what to expect anymore. I've been watching too much rugby. New Zealand looks amazing. Let's go. Let's let's become Kiwis. Is that what they're called down there? I dude, I love it. I'm I'm or is that, I'm, or is, or is that a racist term? Did I just say something racist? No, I think Kiwis is acceptable. Right? Yeah. You don't know nowadays. I don't know anything anymore. Did I just get canceled? No, I don't think so. I think it's an acceptable term, but I could be wrong. Okay. Do we have an update before we wrap up this show? Do we have an update? I see we do not. I just want an update on this Daniel Schneider Washington Redskins story. Um, no. I'm just, going, I'm just going to trending. Yeah, I just looked. Dan Snyder's trending in the United States, but. By the way, I thought of you last night on the documentary Matt, I watched. Madden's trending. Frappuccino's trending. So something might have gone down at Starbucks. Michelle Obama oh. podcast. Well, there goes our, there goes our stronghold on the uh, podcast game. Michelle Obama's I watched, in. I watched a uh, Stefan Marbury documentary on Netflix last night. Oh, yeah. How's that? It's not the best. And, and Stefan, is it, is it Stefan produced? Yeah. He's one of these added producers. He doesn't come on till like the last 15 minutes. It's only an hour and a half. It's, uh, it's not the best, but it gave me better insight. I did not know a lot about Stefan Marbury. And you didn't know that basically he got game is the Stefan Marbury story. I did not know that. And they yeah. do talk about that. Do they? They do. Yeah. Coney Island. So, N- yeah. NYC's best player. Like, you know, th- that was why everybody bonered out about Steph coming back when he played for the Knicks because he was just – he was the golden child in New York City basketball. And, and he 
uh, like did it, you know, like a lot so that New York city loves to dub everybody. Like the guy, the guy, the guy. And if you are good in New York city, you get Felipe that. Lopez. Remember him? Yeah. Felipe Lopez flat jump shot because he had, they had a small ceiling in the gym. He played in. They talk about him by the way. Do that. So yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I should, I'm not trying to, I think people should watch it. If you want to learn about, about him, I just, you know, it's, it's not, my point is this. Don't go in expecting the 30 for 30. It's, it's not do that they, Do they cover him eating Vaseline? They do. And that's another nice. thing I wanted to bring up. I had forgotten about those meltdown videos. Yeah. The Vaseline and those crazy videos. I had forgotten about that. But I th- what I liked about it is there is redemption. I did not know that he played in China for eight years. Yeah. Like he just – is he still playing in China? No, he retired in 2018 was his last game. But, um, yeah, he was there and he made dough. Made bank. And he was good over there and he won a bunch of titles. Yeah. And I, I had multiple thoughts going through my head during the China thing. I just could not stop thinking of Bressler. <laughs> Our buddy Alex Bressler because he, he kept, he kept uh, complimenting China. And I kept thinking like, oh. And, and, and there was, and of course, I had to look at the credits. There was definitely Chinese producers, and there was definitely some bankroll coming from uh, Chinese money. But I thought it was an overall good documentary, and it's just one of those guys that he had a great NBA career because he did, but he played on so many teams, and you could argue he just didn't live up to his potential. And Steph is a great example of a guy, you know, who uh... – he, he played a very particular style. Uh, you can't argue with like, I think it was 20 and eight for basically like his whole career up to a point. He was. And, and uh, but you know, it's that style of point guard, which been a long time since that style of point guard led to a championship. By the, the way, guy, his draft class was so stacked. Yeah. They were talking about that. Like, like, I think Steve Nash was, like, taking 15th or 16th in that draft class. Right. I mean, it was AI, him, Ray Allen, Nash. I mean, dude, that's four Hall of Famers. Or, I don't know, Marbury won't be a Hall of Famer, right? I mean, it's – No. Unless but, it's his Chinese career. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying, like, that's four. And I, and I, and I think I'm, I'm missing some guys. Yeah, 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 and for be, sure. Was to be honest, like, I, was it like the Stackhouse, Rashid, like that same around the same time, right? I'm gonna look this up. I mean, there I'm was def, there was definitely like a, you know, he went to Georgia Tech. It was like a, it was like a, it was like the Kenny Anderson two thing, and then, uh, you know, Iverson oh, was oh, at Georgetown at the time. How could I forget Kobe? Dude, this was pretty stacked. Huge guys from that. It's the 1996 draft class. Yeah. Iverson, Camby, Marbury, Ray Allen, Antoine Walker. I'm thinking of guys who, like, really were really good. Kobe, Peja, Soyakovic, Nash, Jermaine O'Neal. I mean, you had some guys. It's a pretty stacked class. Yeah. But, yeah, I would watch it, Joe, since you're a New Yorker and uh, – I'd advise anybody who, who followed his career to watch it. It's, and and, and it, what I like is it, it breaks it down in a linear fashion from the time he was a kid about his whole family. Because all his brothers played college ball and were good. And his dad was yeah. good. 
So it breaks it all the way down how he, like you said, as a New Yorker, see, I didn't know that. Like he was the chosen one. They were already talking about him at a very, very young age. How good he got game is straight up basically based on Stefan Marbury. That's what like, they say. I mean, Coney Island and everything. Yeah, that's exactly what they say. Well, Prano, it's been a fun episode. I know you got to hit the links. So let's wrap no, this bad boy up. Day off today, I think. Okay. Uh, but uh, maybe a driving range trip later. We'll see. Got, you know, at some point I've got to rest my old bones, including the ones that were recently shattered. Uh, today might be that day off. But um, there is a uh, ongoing process here. There's already a, uh, Bilbo's already sitting on some footage from the last couple days uh, for episode two of two weeks to pebble um so go to my youtube and subscribe uh so that you get updates because i posted the one today on uh on twitter and i'm not sure i'll post all of them on twitter guys so if you want to follow this uh this process me trying to literally figure out how to play golf in a fortnight uh so that i can play what's often regarded as one of the best courses in america um please uh, subscribe to my youtube and and watch it and it's gonna be fun cool and and, and i'm taking and we're taking uh and we're taking bets i'm gonna put a poll up can i break 100 i'm saying no right now okay i appreciate the confidence it's all right you never give me confidence so we gotta throw it back at you all right guys follow us on twitter and instagram at the dirty sports you can follow me at andy ruther that is our show Dirt balls. Just just wear a mask. Like I'm gonna be that guy right now. Just if you're outside. <laughs> just 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 fucking wear a mask. Like it's, it's, it's here simple. come here come the fucking iTunes reviews, Andy. And, and by the way, I was for the record, I was somebody who was like, stop telling me what to do a few months ago. Here's but guess the what? iTunes reviews. I'm sick Hold of on. Andy Ruther and his politics forcing his mask on me. It's not politics. I was wrong. Like at this point, we we need something to I don't even know if it works. I, look, that's the thing. I don't even know if it works, but it's simple. Just, just, and hold on. Now that I'm, now that I'm fucking lecturing, don't, don't be a big group. See that? Like, guys, we got a problem here. Can we just get this under control? Can we just, I might have COVID. I'm concerned. What am I going to do? Uh, rip your DMs. Rip your DMs, All right, guys. Andy. Much love to everybody. Have a great week. And as always, stay dirty.